Welcome back to another episode of FDA Insight. I'm Dr. Anand Shah, the Deputy Commissioner for Medical and Scientific Affairs here at the FDA. Thank you so much for joining us for another great episode. Joining me today is Elizabeth Youngman, the Director of the Office of Regulatory Policy in the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, or CEDAR, at FDA. Elizabeth leads much of our agency's work around the regulation of hand sanitizers. Elizabeth, welcome to FDA Insight. Thank you for having me. Well, Elizabeth, let's jump right in. In the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, public health officials have been focused on the three W's. Wear a mask, watch your distance, and wash your hands often. Today, I want to focus on the last W in good hand hygiene. What do consumers need to know? One of the most important steps that you can take to help prevent the spread of infections, such as COVID-19, is to thoroughly wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after going to the bathroom, before eating, after coughing, sneezing, or blowing your nose. When my kids were little, to help them scrub for long enough, we would sing the ABC song with a few made-up hand-washing-related lyrics while they were washing their hands to be sure we were getting to that 20 seconds. If soap and water are not available, that's when the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, recommends using an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. You want to look for one that contains at least 60% ethanol, which is also called ethyl alcohol, or 70% isopropyl alcohol. Is there a difference between washing your hands with soap and water versus using hand sanitizer? According to the CDC, washing your hands with plain soap and water is one of the best ways to prevent the spread of infections and decrease the risk of getting sick. There are currently no drugs, including hand sanitizer, that are approved by FDA to prevent COVID-19. FDA continues to warn about dangerous hand sanitizer products. Can you explain to consumers what some of the key issues are and what they should be looking out for? I'm glad you asked. There are actually five issues that I want to talk about, things that we worry about and that we hope the consumers will will watch out for. First, hand sanitizers that are contaminated with methanol or one propanol. Methanol and 1-propanol are not acceptable ingredients in hand sanitizers, and they can be toxic. Methanol can cause serious side effects, including nausea, vomiting, headache, and blurred vision when it's absorbed through the skin, and it can cause blindness or death if it's swallowed. 1-propanol can also be toxic and life-threatening when it's ingested. And concerningly, products that are containing um, methanol or 1-propanol may or may not have labels that list them. So to avoid those products, you want to check the list on FDA's website and make sure you're never drinking hand sanitizer. The second thing that we worry about is hand sanitizers that are packaged to appear as drinks or candy or water bottles, as well as products that are marketed as drinks or cocktails. The agency has discovered that some hand sanitizers are being packaged in containers that resemble children's food pouches or water bottles, juice bottles, vodka bottles, and we found hand sanitizers that contain food flavors such as chocolate or raspberry. Um, Those products could confuse consumers into accidentally ingesting hand sanitizers. And children are particularly at risk with these products because ingesting only a small amount of hand sanitizer could be deadly in a young child. Given the high concentration of alcohol in these products, it takes only about two and a half teaspoons of hand sanitizer to be potentially lethal in an 18-month-old. The third thing that we are concerned about um, is hand sanitizers that don't contain a sufficient amount of alcohol. So remember that per the CDC recommendations, you want to use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer if you can't wash your hands. If the active ingredient in your hand sanitizer is ethyl alcohol, the alcohol content should be at least 60%. If the active ingredient is isopropyl alcohol, it should be at least 70%, because some potent hand sanitizer products may not be as effective in reducing bacteria on your skin. 
Fourth, we're concerned about hand sanitizers that are sold or offered for sale with false, misleading, or unproven claims that they can prevent or spread viruses such as COVID-19, or claims that they can provide prolonged protection. So for example, we've seen hand sanitizers with claims that they last up to 24 hours, which may lead consumers to think that they're protected when they actually are not. And fifth and finally, consumers should be really cautious about hand sanitizers that are marketed as FDA approved, since there are no hand sanitizers that are approved by FDA. There are plenty of hand sanitizers that are legally marketed, but if you see one that's claiming to be FDA approved, that's just not true. That's a lot to look out for. What should consumers do if they have hand sanitizers that raise any of the issues that you mentioned? So if you have a potentially contaminated or subpotent hand sanitizer product, you should immediately stop using it and you should dispose of it. Uh, and if it's contaminated with methanol, it should ideally be disposed of in a hazardous waste container. We've seen news reports of consumers who've died due to drinking hand sanitizer. How dangerous is this? It is extremely dangerous to drink hand sanitizers. We urge consumers not to do so under any circumstances. The danger of drinking hand sanitizers are compounded when the product is contaminated with methanol or other toxic chemicals. Drinking methanol contaminated hand sanitizer is more life-threatening than drinking a product that's not contaminated, but it's really never a good idea. Is hand sanitizer dangerous for children? It can be. For children under six years of age, uh, hand sanitizer should be used with adult supervision according to the directions on the label. People don't think about this much, about kids drinking hand sanitizers, but it happens and it can be very dangerous. As I mentioned earlier, drinking only a small amount of hand sanitizer can cause alcohol poisoning in children. So there's no need to be concerned if your kids you know, eating after they apply hand sanitizer or lick their hands after using hand sanitizers. But if they drink it, even in small amounts, you should call poison control. Every month, there are hundreds of calls to poison control for unintentional ingestion of hand sanitizer. Last March, early in the COVID-19 pandemic, calls to poison control related to hand sanitizer increased 79% compared to March of 2019. And the majority of those calls were for unintentional exposures to children's five and, and younger. Um, in addition to avoiding ingestion, you also want to keep hand sanitizers out of the eye. So it's really important to store hand sanitizers out of the reach and sight of children and to supervise young children when they're using it. What should consumers do if they have a reaction to hand sanitizer? If a hand sanitizer is ingested or if they've been exposed to hand sanitizer containing methanol? Consumers should call their doctor if they experience a serious reaction to hand sanitizer. In the case of ingestion of hand sanitizers, you should call 911 if the person is unconscious or has trouble breathing, or call Poison Control or Poison Health at 1-800-222-1222 to connect to your local poison control center. If the person has been exposed to methanol-contaminated hand sanitizer and is experiencing symptoms, so that's nausea, vomiting, headache, blurred vision, consumers should seek immediate medical treatment for the potential reversal of the toxic effects of methanol poisoning. We encourage consumers and healthcare professionals to report adverse events with the use of hand sanitizers to FDA's MedWatch Adverse Event Reporting Program. Information about how to do that can be found on our website. Elizabeth, many consumers likely remember that like toilet paper and cleaning products, hand sanitizers were not easy to find in stores over the past few months. What are some of the steps that FDA has taken to increase the hand sanitizer supply? Yeah, toilet paper and hand sanitizers were for a while the rarest of commodities. And we don't have much of a role in paper products, but FDA was able to help increase the availability of hand sanitizer. In some cases, there were companies like distilleries that already had access to the raw materials, alcohol, and they have facilities to manufacture hand sanitizer, even though they may not have been in the business of, of manufacturing those products prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
So FDA was able to allow flexibility um, to allow those firms that don't typically manufacture hand sanitizers, like those distilleries, to make them if they're following the appropriate manufacturing parameters. So speaking of manufacturing, if consumers can't find hand sanitizers in the store, can they make their own hand sanitizer? It's really not a good idea. We recommend that consumers do not make their own hand sanitizer because if it's made incorrectly, hand sanitizer can be ineffective at decreasing bacteria on your hands. And there have also been reports of skin burns from homemade hand sanitizers. FDA is not able to verify the information on the methods being used to prepare hand sanitizer at home and whether they're safe for use on human skin. So instead, you know, many retail stores and pharmacies sell hand sanitizers, and that's the better way to go. And, that, and I know that we discussed a lot of issues with marketed hand sanitizers, and consumers should be cautious when purchasing um, them to avoid those issues. So before you buy hand sanitizers or use hand sanitizers that you have at home, we do recommend that consumers check our do not use list, and that's at www.fda.gov backslash hand sanitizer list, all one word. So that's www.fda.gov backslash hand sanitizer list. We update that list regularly with new information. So your best bet is to check the list and purchase an alcohol-based hand sanitizer, not to try to make it at home. That's really great information. Um, Many surface cleaners and disinfectants say that they can be used against SARS-CoV-2 for COVID-19. What does this mean? Can consumers use these products on their hands or body to prevent or treat the virus? That's a great question, and the answer is no. Consumers should not be using disinfectant sprays or wipes that are intended for surfaces on their skin because those products can cause skin and eye irritation. Disinfectant sprays or wipes are not intended for use on humans or on animals. Instead, disinfectant sprays or wipes are intended for use on hard, non-porous surfaces. So you want to always follow instructions on household cleaners. They're really not intended for your hands or body. Lately, when I've been looking at hand sanitizers on the store, I've noticed that there's a flammability warning on these hand sanitizers. What should consumers know about this? Well, alcohol-based hand sanitizer is flammable, and it should be applied and stored away from heat or flame. And when you use it, you want to take that hand sanitizer and rub it into your hands until they feel completely dry before you start continuing kind of any activities that may involve a heat or spark, static electricity, or open flame. Speaking of storage, where should hand sanitizer be stored? Hand sanitizer should be stored out of reach and sight of children, and it should not be stored at above 105 degrees Fahrenheit. So, for example, you don't want to store it in your car during the summertime. Before we go, what else should folks know about hand sanitizer? Well, as with other over-the-counter drugs, consumers should always read and follow the warnings and precautions on the label of hand sanitizer. The label will also list the ingredients in the product. And finally, just remember that child safety is an important issue when using hand sanitizer. As I stated earlier, it's very important to store hand sanitizer out of the reach and sight of children and to monitor them when they're using hand sanitizer. With that, let's wrap up this episode of FDA Insight. Elizabeth, thank you for taking the time to discuss this very important safety issue, and thanks for all that you do at FDA. Thank you for inviting me. And we look forward to seeing our audience again for the next episode. As always, we'll be providing you insight in plain language to help you understand the products that we regulate, the issues that we face, and the processes that we follow. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FDA Insight. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Pandora. Thanks for listening.